0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Hodgepodge time. All right, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, Thank you for joining in. This is the Hodgepodge Podcast. As always, your host, D Hodge. You guys know that. So, today on the podcast, we got Spencer Crandall. Um, The first thing you're probably noticing is wow, you haven't done a 30 minute interview in a while. They've all been over an hour. All this is true. I he, he had a rough schedule. I had a rough schedule that day. And it was only day we could schedule it. I've tried we tried rescheduling, it wouldn't work. So it's about a forty minute interview for you guys. Um, I do apologize for that. But Spencer Crandall is on today talking about his new album more, which is why he's on, he's promoting it. It's available everywhere right now. ITunes, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, everywhere you get your music, it is available. And he talks about being from Denver, Colorado, and then moving to, to 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 Nashville, Tennessee. He talks about having being an independent artist and having two consecutive independent releases charting um, one on the number one spot and one on the number eleven spot on the iTunes charts. So he's also talking about playing the 2019 CMA Festival um, or CMA Fest, whatever you want to call it. it we also talk about. You know celebrity crushes and 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 all that kind of stuff so <clears throat> before we get into the to the podcast I want to talk for a second here uh, I haven't came on here in a while and just talked to you guys so I'm gonna do that real quick because this podcast is so short um, I hurt my foot now it's 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 a funny story how I heard it so I'm gonna let you know Um, I was putting dishes away and had a cast iron skillet and my hands were wet I was putting it underneath um, in the the cabinet and I I just happened to drop it and it fell flat on my foot my left foot I went to the doctor that night, probably about an hour and a half later, because it just it, it got so swollen, it looked like a big potato. So I was nervous, so I went, they said, Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with it, I just think it's bruised. Well, the foot kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It kept getting bad. More purplish, more bruised, more swollen, more painful. So a few days ago, at the time I'm recording this, I went back to the doctor. And they told me that there was a possibility that it was broken or a fracture or something. That the x ray, because they took another x ray and they said there's nothing wrong, but your foot could just be so swollen that the x ray is not going to do any good. So you're going to have to go to what um, specialist and see what's going to be an MRI or something. So that's what's up with me. I've been down and out for the past. Week and a half, almost two weeks, and so they gave me a um, walking uh, shoe. sound like the guy doing ten minutes. Muggle, click, clank, click, clank, clink, clank, 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 and I, what? Yeah. So if you like what you're hearing. Um, you can go follow me on Instagram and Twitter. At I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. The podcast is on Instagram at the HodgePodge Podcast. Facebook, the HodgePodge Podcast. Um, not really on the HodgePodge Productions page on Facebook because I don't really have a lot going on right now. That's usually where I make announcements and big announcements, stuff like that. They haven't really had anything big done out so far, so you can go follow those pages. Also, if you like this podcast, please go give it a five-star rating or a one-star rating. I'll take, I'll take a one-star. It doesn't matter. As long as you rate it, and you write a comment. You say how much you love the podcast. And if you tweet that to me or um, send it to me over Instagram, I will more than happy put that in my story. Or just just show me some way you're listening to it because I love that. I, I love when people show me that they're listening to it because, man, that, mean, that, mean, that means a whole lot to me. So let's go over right now um, to Spencer Crandall and let's get this interview done. And we're gonna we got a lot more stuff for you coming up in the in the near future. Um, 200th episode coming. I'm already planning on that, trying to get people lined up because nobody knows what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do like an extravaganza or a hoot nanny wh- wh- something like that. But I'm gonna get it going and gonna get it good. I'm gonna get it booked, I'm gonna let you know what everything's happening. Go over to Big Shrimp Radio on iTunes, go listen to that, go give it five stars, go rate it, do whatever you want to do, subscribe to it. And away we go. I'm making it, man. So um, if you're ready, I'm ready. We can go ahead and jump into this thing. What's that? I said if you're ready, I'm ready. We can go ahead and jump into this thing. Go ahead and get it started.
1: Let's do
0: it. All right, so I have Spencer Crandall on um, the podcast. Um he has a new album out now. It's called More. So talk to me a little bit about this this new album, More. Talk me up.
1: Yeah, the new album um, we put out in the spring, and man, I'm I'm really proud of this body work. there's nine songs. Um, I really feel like it is more me. It's the it's the closest representation of me as an artist and my stories and. Um, it's really just what I've lived and what I've gone through. There's songs on there about breakups and falling in love and having fun. And, um, you know, like there's a song on there about my parents who have been together 33 years. It's their love story. So it all means a lot to me. It's, it's done relatively well for us, and that's exciting and kind of got me to be able to do some new things and open up some more doors, which is always fun. So it's been great.
0: So I'm going to be all over the place here because I... I it's just how I do it I don't go in a specific order great <clears throat> you played uh, CMA Fest this past year or 2019 what was that like
1: yeah that's fun man CMA Fest is always good we've that's our second CMA Fest and uh, fans are always awesome it's, it's fun to watch people who come out just for that and they go out and find you and um, people who you know want to see you forever but you just haven't quite made it to their city so that's really great you get the opportunity to get in front of new
0: people, which is awesome. And you know we were pushing the album pretty hard, so that was great. It's a great opportunity to get in front of some fans. So, how do you go upon performing at CMA Fest? Do some? Do, do they reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? How does that work? How are you booked for CMA Fest?
1: <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know all the details. Okay. I know that the stage uh, that we played was C uh, C-SAC stage and it was um, like an acoustic corner stage so um, we played that two years in a row through somebody
0: that I know uh, over at T-Sax reaching out and I think that's people want to play it alright so I want to get into your childhood a little bit um, talk to me did you sure. have a good childhood was it full of music or was it you didn't get to music until till a later age how, how, did, how did your childhood go? yeah so I had an awesome childhood, I grew up in Denver, Colorado. I have an older brother, younger brother, little sister, parents have been together 33 years.
1: It's just a really awesome place to grow up in Denver and we were outside every single weekend, fishing and camping and snowboarding, so it was awesome. Um, Man, I I didn't do music at all growing up. I played sports, I wanted to be in the NFL, that was my dream. Um, But I was always a class clown, I always loved entertaining. So then for my senior project in high school, I learned to play the guitar and I wrote a song and they actually failed me and they thought that I had cheated. Wow. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. But really, again, didn't think about it too much. But to go play some college football at Colorado Manny University, a small D2, got two shoulder surgeries, and my entire identity as a football player was just like stripped from me. I had no idea what to do with the rest of my life. So I was sitting all... Sad in my dorm room and I just started messing around on that guitar and just write some songs and posting some covers online and really built it super organically like posted on Instagram and got like zero likes, one like, two likes and it just kind of built my career online.
0: So when you had your shoulder injury did that, were you, was it just you were injured for a season or was it like it took your football career away?
1: I I could have, um, I had two different shoulder surgeries and one on each, so I really, it would have taken a while to get back, but I could have gotten back. I I made a choice to say, you know, I don't think I love this game enough anymore. I'm sick of being hurt. I was hurt four out of eight semesters in high school, too. and So Mm -hmm. I felt like all I was doing was getting injured, and then the mental um, gymnastics that it takes to get back from an injury, right. it takes a toll on you, it's a lot, so, you know, then college football is very different than high school football, it's like a full-time gig, and if you don't love the game, and if you're a little burnt out, it just, just probably isn't for you, so, that's what I decided, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take a step back from this to figure out who I am outside of
0: this thing, because that really wasn't my whole identity, was like football player. So, I'm always curious, when people are from like a... For example, like if someone's from Alaska, I, I like to know the geography of that and how it's different. So how is, because I've never been to Denver, Colorado, how is that different than Nashville? Like, does Denver get cold or does it stay hot? I, I don't know any of that. So how, how does, how is it different from Nashville?
1: Yeah, Denver's super different from
0: Nashville. So okay.
1: one, we have the Rocky Mountains. Right. And Nashville has zero mountains. Tennessee has Smoky Mountains. But, I mean, where I live in Nashville, pretty flat and the weather goes like this it's like november to january cold and then it starts to heat up like february march and it's like summer till like november again so colorado we have like four distinct seasons but our like fall winter gets really really cold and we get a ton of snow um you know i just had this conversation the other day like nashville's southern and country Colorado's very country, but it's more of country western. It's lots of horses and ranches right. and uh, log cabins. And so that's what I grew up doing. Like, we would go snowmobiling and snowboarding and four-wheeling in the mountains and um, biking and hiking and fishing and and all that stuff. That, that was kind of what I did. So I, I miss the mountains a lot. I, I snowboard a ton. I, you know, it's just a great place to grow up, man.
0: So, what about, what would be your Mount Rushmore of musical artists? Like, for example, mine um, mine would be like John Mayer, and then Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, and then Elvis, and then Garth Brooks. And if I was to add another one, I would probably put Eminem in there. But I had Eminem before, but I was like, you know, he's not, as he's probably globally known, but I think Elvis is a much more bigger, Person than Eminem would be, so I had to take M out of that and put Elvis in there. So what would you be? It's
1: very interesting. I mean, Eminem. I, I love listening
0: to Eminem. I was oh my me too. I look back. I look back now. I'm like, man, that dude's crazy, but <laughs> he's he's awesome. He's, he's got. I think he's influenced a lot of hip hop right. Life, really cool. Um, man, my my ML Rushmore um it's tough because you have people now and you have people back then um I think my you know I have a country music Mount Rushmore that's probably like Garth Brooks Keith Urban Kenny Chesney Tim McGraw for me right they're just the dudes that like, kind of I grew up on mm.
1: as far as like nowadays my again my my guys are kind of like Sam Hunt sure. or George Line, Dan and Shea Thomas Rhett maybe are kind of up there for me um Again, that's just all subjective, kind of my taste
0: in the genre. Um, but I think of all time, like, I'm highly influenced by uh, Justin Timberlake. Right. Um,
1: I had this conversation with somebody the Weirdly, like, Drake is, like, crazy, influential. I think a lot of us on pop. And, and he just has, like, hit after hit after hit. So... I put a, a hip-hop guy out there, I'll put Drake in there, just to be like Drake, John Mayer, of course,
0: I think is, is really anybody who does music right. in the last 30 years has given super highly influenced by him. And I, I would actually put Taylor Swift up there too. I think she
1: okay. is a badass songwriter. Right. And she genuinely, like, makes me feel more than a lot of people do in this, in this space.
0: So, when you say Taylor Swift... Would you... Okay. This is going to be a weird question, but but I'm kind of going somewhere with it. Would you like to be a subject of a Taylor Swift breakup song? Like, just take take the idea of you dating Taylor Swift out of the situation. Because everybody's like, oh, God, I'd love to date her, you know, because she's this big celebrity. But take that out of the picture and put in you just being a subject or the character of a breakup song from her. Would you like that I mean because most of the time she doesn't say your name in it but sometimes you can figure out who it is like for example uh, John Mayer was a subject of the song Dear John you knew that right so right
1: um I don't know I'm kind of indifferent like I, I like people authentic storytelling so if I dated Taylor Swift and she had an authentic story to tell then I'm down with that you know as long as I think anytime people Embellish or paint people in a bad light, that's where that can get dangerous. But I don't feel like she's really done that. I think she's just telling her truth. I think it's cool. So if that's it, sure, put me in a song. Keith
0: Twizzle. What about your Mount Rushmore of like just celebrities? Like, um, while well you think mine would be, I would have to put Kevin Hart in there because I think he's killing it with the comedy he's and so the movies. Funny, man. Um, Tom Hanks, he's probably my all-time favorite actor, so I'd have to put Tom Hanks in there. Anything with him is good, in my opinion. Um, I struggled with putting Adam Sandler in there. I have him on it because I just think he defied Hollywood and and basically was the mayor of Hollywood for a long time and kind of stepped back. And then I'm a big wrestling fan, wrestling fanatic, so I put Ric Flair in there. I could have put anyone, but I think if you say Ric Flair... Everybody knows you're going to go, whoo, or you're going to you know exactly who it is. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I haven't thought about this one as much. I would,
1: I think I would put um, Will Ferrell in mind pretty okay, quickly. Okay, right, I mean, right, As far as, like, comedies go growing sure. up, I don't know anybody that had a better run for, like, a decade than he did, including some dramas and, like, Elf, like, he just has some of these things that really broken the yeah. zeitgeist and pop culture, so I think Will Ferrell's definitely up there. Um, man, this is a tough one. You know, who I'll put up there is Jimmy Fallon. I feel like he okay. revolutionized, kind of changed late night. Right. A couple years ago, I feel like he was a part of this boom of, like, viral virality, and viral videos and coming up with wacky, cool things to do. And he's kind of had every little celebrity on there, so he's almost like a big connector to the internet. So I think he's really interesting. Um, this is interesting. This is interesting. Just celebrity. In Mount rushable.
0: Like I would also put, in my opinion, like because when you're when you're saying these, I'm like, God, I'm stupid. I could have put those in there. Like, I would have sure, put sure, Burrow, and I would have put Jim Carrey in there as well, and also Jimmy Fallon. Cause That's a great he, one. G- Jimmy yeah, Jimmy, yeah, Fallon's Jimmy Fallon's one. a good one. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon's one of my favorites. Maybe I feel
1: like Brad Pitt is like a okay. celebrity celebrity. Okay, like when I hear other people talk, they always seem to be super pumped about him and his craft and, and what he's been able to do so that's
0: interesting to me I would put also Leonardo DiCaprio just because he's balling because he's getting like these 21 year old chicks to sleep with him and do whatever else just because he has the name Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm like man that's just wouldn't you like to have that much money and that much power where you can get anyone in your mind that you set your mind to that you want not really I think okay. that would be a huge
1: burden I think that would suck <laughs> I think with that much money and power, like I think a lot of people would make terrible decisions, and right. I think he, I think he's actually probably what I just felt is really a human and um, fighting for like really good things like climate change and some of those things that all the other people with money don't don't do, and he doesn't have to do, but he goes out of his way to do. So sure. I, I think that's really cool. I think he's also just an incredible. Craftsman. Like, I don't know a lot of people. Like, I, I watched Wolf Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Like, he is Jordan Belfort. There's no. Right. There's no in between. So, he is. He is, like, the pit bull of, of what an actor can be. Um, hmm. Man, Adam Sandler's probably up there for me, too. Again, just another guy that I watched so much growing up. Yeah. Super thing
0: probably something like that, just for... for okay, cool. So, what has been one of the biggest lessons in your life? It doesn't have to be musically, it could be personally, or when you were a child, or maybe even two days ago. What was the biggest lesson you've ever learned?
1: Um, I think there's a couple. I think, okay. you know... One, to stop comparing myself to other people. as just toxic and not helpful. Um... Two, I think the best thing that I ever did was, like, really take a step back and just kind of do a self-awareness exam on my life and just ask myself, like, what do I really love? What am I going to be on my deathbed and be so excited that I did or that I didn't do? Or, um, you know, how can I really damp out any regret in my life by just knowing who I am and what I should be doing I think that's a huge lesson and I, I think patience I think everyone always says is so short I think life's pretty long and if you do the right things and you wait around good things will happen and um, those are kind of three of the bigger lessons that I I feel like I'm constantly relearning all the time
0: you know you make a great statement stop comparing yourself to others I was listening to um, the Joe Rogan podcast and he has some guy yeah. on and I don't remember who, because I'll get in this this wheelhouse of just listening to Joe Rogan or whoever, and I'll go back maybe two or three years and just listen to that certain episode because I think they're good. But he had a guy on, and he said the worst lesson he was ever told was stop comparing yourself to others. And he was like, because, which I I believe, stop comparing yourself to others, I believe that's a great lesson to learn. But I also think the guy that he was like, because if you compare yourself, or you're like, okay, I'm going to compare myself to um let's do adam sandler for example since we talked about him he said i'm gonna work as hard or harder to make myself comparable to adam sandler and i think he hit a great point but i also think not comparing yourself because you can get in, too much into the rush too much into the the fame and it make it go to your head i think that's also a good point as well yeah that's interesting i would um I think that all goes back to self-awareness, like, where I think
1: comparing yourself to others gets really bad is where, like, I have friends who work nine-to-five jobs and don't want to be famous, Right. and that's not what's going to fill them up, that's not what's going to make them happy. They want to make $150,000 a year, be on every kickball team, do fantasy football, live close to their parents, have a family. This is all incredible stuff and they're winning and they're happy. So comparing their life to somebody just because they have money or just because they have fame, that's where it can get toxic because they don't actually want those things. That's not actually who they are. They're not a comedian. They're not, you know, like, they need to just do them and they need to be the best version of themselves. Now, what I think the truth is in what that guy is saying is like, it's great to have role models. It's great to have landmarks of like, wow, that guy can do it. I can do it. I think you just have to ask yourself, like, is this really what I want? And is it worth setting that goal? Or is it because that that person is doing it? Because I think the best thing you can do is get in in a vacuum in your head and just go, I don't give a shit what anybody else is doing. I'm going to be the best version of myself. And comparing yourself to yourself, just saying, am I getting better? Am I growing? Am I claiming progress, not perfection? I think that's
0: really important, and at least in my life, I've seen the best results, you know, kind of across the board doing those things. Right. So, you have two consecutive um, releases, which, as an independent artist, is a big deal if they chart on iTunes, but you had one chart, number one, on the iTunes charts, and also one that um, barely missed the top ten with number 11 on the iTunes charts. What was that feeling as an independent artist and just be like, man, okay, I don't have to be signed to prove, you know, to prove I'm something. I, I can go this, put my own cash into it, put my own money into it, not take anybody else's ideas and have my ideas going and it be successful.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I think it was really cool and it, it definitely walks people up in the industry to kind of who I am and what we are doing, me and my team, and so that's really cool and flattering. I will also say, like, I don't I don't know if iTunes chart is really the best way to navigate that stuff anymore, even in the couple of years that I've been here in Nashville on doing this, like, when I went number one, it was really cool. The second time, I sold more albums and streamed far better. I had one song on, I've had one song on the album that streamed better than the entire other album. Right. And we came in at 11th. And really all that was was timing. There was just, like, the fives, Albums in there of, like, Grammy Award-winning artists. Um, you know, a country music legend had died, so his album was reselling really well. Um, there was, like, a Now Country, which is basically, like, the best songs the last 10 years. Right. There was a new Reba album. There was a Luke Combs, or, sorry, a um, Brooks and Dunn album that had all features, so, like, Kane Brown, Luke Combs, yeah, Luke
0: the, Bryan, like, The insane. reboot album. Yeah, the reboot album. But those are all in the top
1: 10, and I'm number 11. It's easy to look at there and be like, man, we weren't number one again. Right. It's like, no, we we were the 11th album in the world of country music behind people who have been selling albums for three decades. And so I just don't know if that, that metric is as important anymore, especially when, like, streaming has really, I mean, taken over even monetarily, like where the money is and where the, I think a lot more the attention is. So, um, it is it is really cool. I think it's a nice mile marker. It's not something I like hang my hat on. I right. think, you know, my relationship with my fans and the music I'm putting out is really where I want to hang my hat on because those things never disappoint. If I'm proud of my music and I love the people that are coming to my shows and I'm having fun
0: doing that, then the rest is just kind of candy. You know? So... Who would be, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is kind of sound weird, but I'm not meaning it to be weird. Like I want to ask your celebrity crush, but I want to get a male crush and a female crush because like I can look at a male and just be like, sure, that's a good looking guy. But I also like him because like for me, my male crush would be, um, um, um a Ryan Reynolds because I know as jacked and as how muscular and, and. He is, he's probably well determined to not take, you know, for example, like I always say, he can say, no, I'm not going to eat that cupcake. I'm going to go over here and eat these carrot sticks. How determined and how disciplined he has to be for himself. And that's just like, man, that's kind of what you want to be like, that disciplined on yourself. Yeah, that's a great question. I think Justin Timberlake is my my
1: main crush, kind of always has been, probably always will be of like... (laughs) I think he does movies, he does music, he does fashion, he does really everything he does, he does really well. Um, And he's a great looking dude who, you know, has a super beautiful family and like, he he seems to me like a very well-rounded human um, who gives back and is just really good at what he does. So, he's always kind of been my man crush. You know, I think I'd put Taylor Swift up there again, like, I think not only she's a beautiful human, but I think... Her, like, work ethic and her passion, and she puts so much into her music that is far uh, past music. She's leaving Easter Egg, creating these videos. She's just creating memorable experiences and adding value into fans' lives, and it's really cool to look
0: at. So... The, I call these kind of like mind benders these little short questions you know like celebrity crushes because it, it gets your brain thinking and it, 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 they, they are kind of tough questions but I think that's kind of because I'm a, I was at school I was like excelling in like all these um, like like the pop quizzes or anything like that or like trivia like I'm, I'm very good at all that stuff and so I figured this would be um, I started this a, probably about a, around a month ago and I, I think it's kind of finally getting off to a good point where everybody's like, Okay, yeah, I'm ready for these because you don't have to give long winded answers. Like because I had someone on here that sure. was giving me a ten minute answer and was like, Man, I don't know if I can handle any more of that, which, you know, can't. so what would be your um a midnight snack or not a or not really a midnight snack or something that if you have it you can't just have one you have to indulge in.
1: Um well oh.
0: For example, Uh, mine would be, um, everybody knows, I've said it before, beef jerky. Because I, if I get a pack, I can eat a whole pack in one sitting if I sit here and let myself. Because I just, you can't just have one.
1: That's, uh, man. I mean, I I do like sweets. Like, I can eat a ton of Reese's. (laughs) I love to some Reese's. I like cookie dough a whole lot. Um, but I can also just like eat. So, like pizza, like yeah. wings, sushi, like that kind of a question to me. Like I'm not picky. Like you, you can choose. I'll sit down and eat jerky with you. Like I just right. like to eat.
0: <laughs> sushi is that is that a big thing in Denver? Because I'm not a big fan of sushi. Like everybody's like, man, I'm gonna go over here tomorrow oh, night. We're going to eat sushi. Out, bro, I, man, I tried it okay now you might call me you don't have a real sushi like at a Chinese restaurant they will make like maybe three or four different kinds of sushi and I will go try it I don't know if I'm trying the wrong stuff but to me I had, I don't remember what it was called It was like a it was rolled in rice and it was had seaweed in the middle but it was also this pink purplish paste and dude I almost threw up everywhere because it was just that paste was gross but I don't know if I'm just eating the wrong stuff or, or what I'm doing
1: I think you should give it, a, give it another go, but I want you to find the best sushi <laughs> restaurant like eight a hundred miles, and you're going to take a day, you're going to drive there, and it's, it's going to be worth it. I, I don't know. I'm a sushi fan. I, I can sit down and eat just like... Sometimes I'll go for lunch and get so full that I don't eat dinner. You know what I
0: mean? Well, that that's another question. How much of that would you... need to be be full because if you think about it it's not really but it's it's rice and stuff like that so like how much of that would you need that's what i like
1: about sushi is that i can um just sit down and eat it for like an
0: hour okay okay so what 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 is your favorite like if i was to go today i'm gonna say okay spencer i'm going today give me one sushi menu item that i have to try like is it like yellowtail is it like a spicy roll I like the spicy
1: one, and okay. then you got to put a little wasabi on it, and
0: then okay. it'll it'll do the trick. Okay. So, I'm a big movie nerd as well as a music nerd, like, sure. for me a music nerd, I will know anything about any artist, weird because I Wikipedia and I, and I do background, just all these people, I'm weird when I do that, so like, when I watch a movie, I'm doing the same thing, like, when I'm watching like a historical movie, I'm gonna do the historical accuracy and to pick, and pick that movie apart and be like, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, I don't like it. So, oh, interesting. what would be a favorite line from a movie, in your opinion? Your favorite line from any movie. It could be your favorite movie, it could just be a movie that you watch and you're just like, man, that's a good line. Oh, let me look this up really quick because this is worth okay. it. Uh,
1: <laughs> I have, I know, I know the movie.
0: Well, while you're looking it up, I don't want too much dead air, so I'm gonna go ahead and give you mine. Even though you don't know, I know the whole people know. I don't really care. Um, my, cause my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time, is uh, Meet the Parents. And um, yeah, and there's a line in the movie where they're all sitting at the table, and Greg is lying to to the Robert De Niro is like, "Man, I grew up on a farm. I can milk all these things." And he was like, "You know, I milked a cat. Blah blah blah." And he was like, "You can milk anything with nipples." Yeah. And Robert De Niro comes back oh, yeah. with, a, with a I have nipples Greg can you milk me and to me that was one because I've never I haven't heard that since that's happened and I haven't heard it before like I never heard it before right. and it was just like man that, that that's brilliant of whoever whoever the writers were yeah a lot of that like Anchorman stuff to me some right. of the, uh, because it, it was so improvised so they
1: do three takes with the script and they do like ten takes with um, Adam McKay saying like alright like do try this and then they'd get 10 takes just to like play with it and right. the stuff they came up with man it's just so good like I think so many of those one liner anchormans yeah. like the jazz smooth and the freaking like I'm in a glass case of emotion just all these <laughs> little I, I think of these like every day and they're so good uh, the quote I'm thinking of is, is in the pursuit of happiness with Will Ferrell and his son uh, Smith. Yeah, they're playing basketball, and he just turns to me, he's like, hey, don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something, not even me, and someone's like, alright, because you got a dream, you got to protect it, people can't do something themselves, they want to tell you, you can't do it. I just love that, so true, like, there's a lot of people out there who are going to be like, oh, well, I can't do that, so you can't do that. It's like, no, and that's where comparing yourself to others is very silly, like, you got to get inside your own head and figure out what makes you tick, what makes you happy. Figure out what lights you on fire and go at it with hundred percent. And right. I think that that quote sums it up. It always it always kind of fires me up when I hear it.
0: You know, I just rewatched them. I've seen it probably ten times, but I rewatched it here probably a couple of days ago. And um, yeah. I know the exact scene you're talking about. They're like playing basketball, and 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 Will Smith goes to his son and is like, "Look." You're never going to be a basketball player. And then the kid just throws the basketball down and lets it roll. And you're like, wow, that dad really yep. stressed. But he doesn't have to be a dick to the kid. You know, that's what you're thinking. You're like, man, what a jerk. But then he comes to me hey. and he's like, look, don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything, even if it's me. So you go be a basketball yep. player. And it's like, man, that's just one of those life that like he was teaching him. But you didn't think you were, you know, you didn't think he was teaching him anything. But turned around, he was he turned around on us.
1: Yeah, I love that, and I, I love that too because I think, you know, it's a it's a good lesson. Like, no matter if it's your wife, if it's your parents, or whatever, at the end of the day, this is your life, and so those are people that you can trust. Those are people that you can put, you know, some stock into. But you have to make your own decisions. You have to figure out what makes you happy.
0: So, how how old how old are you, Spencer? Because this is gonna this is gonna re- relate to the next question. So what are you, about 24, 25? 24. 24, okay, it was, it was kind of spot on. So what is your um, favorite TV show when you were younger? Oh,
1: man, when I was younger? I mean, what are we calling younger? Like a kid, kid, or like uh, middle school, high
0: school? Whichever, whichever. It doesn't matter to me. Like, um, I don't know if I can really answer that that way, but like, okay, so I'm 21, so I'm not... Near you. so my favorite show when I was younger was Drake and Josh so I think that was around about when sure. I was 9 or 10 maybe 11 so I guess round about that age
1: ok 9, seven, 11 nine. <laughs> you know probably a lot of those same like Nickelodeon Disney style shows and then um, like Drake and
0: Josh or Remember,
1: like, the Amanda show or yeah. all that? Those are cool growing up. Um, there was, like, a show like Ned Survival Guy. Yeah,
0: Ned's Declassified. Like that. Yeah. that one was
1: cool. That was funny. The writing was really good. I right. Think that stuff really
0: holds up. Um, you know what's weird to me? And I'm, I wonder if you have the same thought process in it. I go, because I have a younger sister. She's 15, 16. So she's watching yeah. the Disney Channel and stuff like that. And to me, when I'm older, the shows that are on now are stupid. Like I don't know if it's just we get mature and we realize these shows are really dumb. I don't know how we were into them when we were little, and then now I'm like, but I can go back and watch all the shows that I watched again and be like, this is freaking hilarious. And then she'd be like, well, this is stupid. Like, do you think it's a generational thing, or do you think it's just your your maturity level as as it progresses and gets older? I think this happens in everything, and
1: it happens generation after generation. I think we think our music and our TV and all this stuff is really cool. The next generation is like, oh, that was so terrible. (laughs) But ours is really cool. And then their kids are like, oh, that's terrible. But ours is really cool. Like, how many times do we have to hear, like, our parents are like, oh, my parents are listening to, like, Merle Hagger, and I was out.
0: Man, and then
1: the, <laughs> you know, the Beatles, or whatever, like, you know, it just happens over and over and over again, and it will probably till the end of humanity. My kids are going to be like, oh my gosh, Dad, you're so old school. You listen to Thomas Grant?
0: You know, I, I hope that's not the case with me. Like, I want my kid, if I ever have one, you know, I haven't decided if I want one or not. It's just just it's just it's weird fits I'm on it. It'd be cool if I, you know, someone would call you Dad, or you have a responsibility that you're, you know, you have to work for, you have to make money for. But then there's another side of like, yeah. well, if I have a kid and I put all my stuff into work, am I going to be denying the kid? Or if I put too much in the kid, am I going to be denying work? You know, it's just this weird thing. But man, I would love for maybe my kid or maybe my nephew come to me and be like, teach me about music. And you'd just be like, okay, son, here we go. Sit down, you're fixing to get on a roller coaster of emotions. Here we go. I would sure, love, and I, I would love that. I
1: think that's really cool. I would love that. What I don't want to do is, like, tell that kid that this is country music or this is music. Oh I would just say, yeah. like, this yeah. is what I like and this is this is what brings exactly. me joy. And kind of like the other quote, like, dude, if you love Screamo music, go to every Screamo concert. Like, right. you just got to figure out what, like, you on fire because, like, way too short. I still a lot of people, I think we both, could probably agree to this. I think we all know somebody who their granddad told their dad this is music and their dad told them this is music and so they only listen to 80s rock. Right. And they don't get anything off the shot and that to me is super sad, you know. I, I hope that my kids could appreciate what I have appreciated. I think that'd be cool that we could connect over that, but um, same thing with like movies. Like, I, I've gone back and watched some of my favorite movies and I'm like, oh, these just don't hold up. Yeah. I can't imagine another 20-30 years that like you know a lot of this stuff is even funny like maybe the the, the humor is just completely different and anchor man's just completely no longer acceptable
0: exactly. to jokes were too people like I don't, I don't know I don't, I don't know it's really interesting well man um, I and think with cool. music
1: like man I go back and listen to some of the songwriting and like some people are like man this person or that group is songwriting that yeah. is the pinnacle I'm like that's terrible songwriting sure. it's like don't try it and cliche but they were just like the first people to do that Sure. and it was still so popular um, so it's, it's interesting I'm
0: sorry that's a little tangent but no that's cool so man I appreciate you doing this for me um, I'm gonna have to um, jump off here I got another podcast here in a, just a few minutes um, so go ahead I have took almost 40 minutes of your time which I'm very grateful for um, yeah Go ahead and put out all your plugs, your social media, whatever you want to put out there. If you got any um, new music coming or whatever you want to plug, all the time you need, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, if you've listened this far, I actually really appreciate that. It's really cool. Like you have a lot of options in 2019 to listen to stuff. So thanks for listening to us, everybody. Um, you know, a great place to follow me is Instagram at Spencer Crandall. Uh, C-R-A-N-D-A-L-L And, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok Really anywhere that you are Just search my name and shoot me a message Just say what's up, tell me you heard me on here Um, You know, new music's coming soon We've kind of took the summer to record some stuff And dial into production stuff And I'm really excited for the next chapter I've got a show in Atlanta and Birmingham This Friday and Saturday um, if you're listening to this in the future that would be September 6th and 7th of 2019 Atlanta and Birmingham um, but yeah we also do a bunch of shows you can find tickets and tour dates at com slash shows other than that hope to see you on the road hope to see you on Instagram
0: cool man thanks Spencer for doing this for me dude really appreciate it
1: of course anytime my friend
0: This podcast is brought to you by HodgePodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this.